December 12th. It's a big day. Hopefully you are in the second trimester. A lot of women say that the second trimester is like the best feeling in the world, like feeling better than you would if you weren't pregnant. Do you feel that? Yeah, I do. Just higher energy. It's hard to explain. It's almost a euphoric feeling of higher energy. You just feel really good. You're connecting with your body in a whole different way. When at the same time, your body's not yours anymore. They say you kind of glow. I like to think that's true. Glowing. Um, yep. hundred percent. That's what I said yeah. to Kayla when you came in here. I said, look at her. She's glowing. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're supposed to say, yeah. Sure. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to In The Booth. I'm Sean Booth, and we made it. You guys, we are in double digits right now. This is episode number 10. Who would have thought uh, we haven't gotten canceled? People still listen to us, and we are ready for at least 10 more. It's been a, a wild, wild week. We're excited. I feel like I always say this is a very special episode well, this is a very special episode. We got a jam-packed house in here right now, and I'm going to do my best to give you a visual if you're not sitting behind your computer or your phone on YouTube. Right across from me, we got a love seat. We've got two people on the love seat today. First off, we've got Sam Cat. She's wearing some white pants. She's got holes on both knees, gold flip-flops. She's got a tank top and hoops. We got Hoop Cat in the building, you guys. Hey, everybody. And next to Hoop Cat, we've got Caleb Gamblin. Wow, absolutely no information about Caleb. <laughs> we have all of these things detailed about Sammy and Caleb. And Caleb. Caleb is my business partner for real estate. He is a good friend. He's from Mississippi. Caleb, how are we doing today? Doing good, guys. And a very, very talkative guy. And two, uh, actually behind him, we've got the one, the only, producer Andrew. Yo, yo. And to my left, in the hot seat, thankfully I'm not in the hot seat today, we've got a very gorgeous lady here, a beautiful mama. I think the kids like to call them MILFs. Ladies and gentlemen, the lady you've been waiting for all week, Audrey, a.k.a. Dre Joseph. Wow. Full name and all. Thanks, baby daddy. How are we feeling? Good. Feeling good. How's your week been? It's been, it's been a week. It's been yeah. wild. Yeah? Yeah. Um, so, she's pregnant. What? <laughs> the, the, the elephant... You told them? In the room is no longer in the room, folks. She is pregnant. She is now 19 weeks. Yeah. And what's that been like? The whole pregnancy? The whole pregnancy. Break it down for us. The whole entire pregnancy. Um, it's been definitely a shock and a surprise. I think one thing that you don't know about pregnancy until you're pregnant, which is probably the dumbest sentence I've ever said, because of course you don't know until you're pregnant, is just how different it is for every woman. Um, I was showing extremely early, very like, early, very early. Yeah. That made it super tough. Obviously we were trying to keep it low key, but you can't really keep it low key when 12 weeks in you look down and I was like, huh, that doesn't look like it's going anywhere. So you so. think more 
So then regular women who are 12 weeks, you felt like you were showing a lot more. Oh, yeah. 100%. Is there any type of science behind that or is it just yeah, like the luck of the draw? You can tell you're built. Same cat. How the fuck am I supposed to know? <laughs> Why are you asking all these questions that you that's... said you've asked? I, yeah, I guess I forgot. Hold on. Let me Google it. I don't know. Siri knows. Yeah. But I feel like you're all belly right now. I appreciate that. I feel like that's what people have to say to just be nice, yeah. but I appreciate that. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Nobody oh, really gosh. knows you. Um, oh, made an wow. uh, announcement last week that I was expecting a kid mm-hmm. and you were kind of just like the mystery woman who's Sean having a kid with and now you're here and everybody wants to know uh, what it is that you do, what you're all about. What is it that I do? How far, how far back do you want However to start far, where I'm from? Yeah. All of that? I'm from... A little town outside of Austin, Texas. I've been in Nashville for seven years this past May. And I'm a photographer. And that is how you and I met. Is I came to the gym first week it opened. And it's five years ago now. And started taking photos. And I've never left. You've taken a lot of photos. A lot of photos of you. Yeah. Tons and tons. I think you're the number one person I've taken photos of. What's your favorite photo? Probably one of you and Walter. Well, I've taken just as many photos of Walter. Okay. I thought you were going to say one of the shower pics that we got. Oh, yeah. That was funny. I had to take a, um, this was years ago, and I had to take a photo of you for a shower head ad. <laughs> and I'm standing on a stool in front of the shower, and Carmen's like holding my shirt just to make sure I don't fall. And he's in his boxers, and he's just letting the water like fall over. He's like rubbing his face, and he's looking at the camera, and I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I think we got it. <laughs> Good, and then we had it was great. One of your best ads, yeah. One of the best ads, shower head sponsorship. Man, I need another one of those. Uh, Caleb, you ever got anybody pregnant? <laughs> no, nobody. Yet. Well, maybe one day. Have you donated your sperm? Uh, yes, and I took it back with me, I didn't leave it for them to have. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of a big <laughs> issue this week. Is that last week's episode, I explained that I went to a, uh, a sperm bank. Is that what you call them, right? A sperm bank? Sean, if you ask me one more medical question during this podcast, <laughs> I'm going to leave. Look you. Why are you looking? I don't know where you were. I didn't know you then. How about you remember and tell the fam? Yes. Yeah. So anyways, my sperm, we've got to figure out where it is right now. That's our next mission. I know mission. where some of it is. Do you, <laughs> do, you, do you not like, I don't know. I just feel like this is arguably the dumbest thing you've ever told me the fact that you're not worried about it but like your manager your family probably i don't know i feel like caleb and i are your friends we're a little concerned and you're just like mobbing through it's it's cool it's in chicago somewhere susan from iowa has been in her car for the last fucking seven days trying to find it she's knocking on the front door hey heard sean booth whacked off in a cup here i was just wondering if you could point me in the right direction hey, yeah I'm to start a group we're gonna make some phone calls after this figure that out um they still work they do work. They swim. That's and that's they right. Swim hard. Let's hear about it because I told my side of the story of how oh. we found out. Yeah, you left out some details. All right, let's hear it. So my best friend from back home is also pregnant, and about a week prior, I'd kind of hinted to you that I thought my time of the month was coming. I had some signs, and so then the week goes by, and I think you'd asked me a couple times if that had happened yet, and I was like, I don't know, it's coming. Um. And then I'm, I'm on the way to your house on Friday, a random Friday, and I pick up a pregnancy test and I call my best friend and I say, I'm just going over to Sean's for the night. We do the same kind of thing on Friday nights. And um, I said, I picked up a pregnancy test kind of as a joke. 
to be quite honest. And she said, man, I hope that's positive. And I said, let's not say that. So then I get over there, I put on the counter and you said exactly what you said. You said, you're like, what is that? And I said, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to take this. I'm going to ease my mind. It's not a big deal. And then I went to the bathroom, I'm mid pants pull up thinking nothing of it. And I look over and there really is the faintest line I've ever seen in my entire life. But you know what they tell you is that a line is a line. It does not matter. So if you see a line, it's a line. A line is a line. And a line is a line. He leaves and I, to pick up more tests. And I'm submitting it to anonymous forums on the internet where you can anonymous, anonymously say back if you think it's positive. Within two minutes, I have like 56 thumbs up and congrats, girly. I'm like, this is not happening. <laughs> he comes back with burgers, Reese's peanut butter cups, and a baby toy. And he just rolls the car in front of me on the counter. And I just was like, we don't even know yet. This is way too soon. And it was way too soon. Way too soon. Right? Because Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, let's just consult a doctor and see for sure that this is a positive test. This is after I had a digital one, too, that did say I was pregnant. Right. He still was like, well, could not be. Yeah. And he went to the doctors. Went to the doctor. That was a really wild experience. Um, I I think that's also something they don't talk about. And I had no idea, even though I thought I knew a little bit about how things worked when you get pregnant and I knew you had to wait a little bit, but I had no idea that there was a period of time, even when you're positive, that nothing can be seen on an ultrasound, um, not even like a transvaginal ultrasound. And apparently I was a lot earlier than I thought I was. So when they went in and didn't see anything, my doctor was convinced it was ectopic. Because I had had some other symptoms, some cramping and things. And he gave me the pamphlet. I was alone. and I, You weren't with me. He gave me the pamphlet, told me where I'd go to the next day to get the shot. Because you have to um, get it uh, is aborted, An the abortion, right yeah. word. Yeah, aborted when it is ectopic. And so that was a whole whirlwind of emotions because that was two days after finding out that we were, you know, having an unexpected pregnancy. And then he was convinced. He gave me all the information. I call you. And they tell me, we're going to take your blood levels and maybe your HGC, which is the pregnancy levels, come back and they might just be too low. But I really don't think that's it. You know, I think this is ectopic. So gave me all the information. So I leave. I go over to your house. At that point, you know, we're emotional either way. And I get a call three hours later and he's like, guess what? Your levels are just so low. You're about three weeks pregnant, maybe. So I found out, I think, on the first possible day. That I would have even tested positive. And the egg topic is when the egg doesn't travel all the way down the fallopian yes, tube correct. and yeah. it can't live outside the uterus. It is in your fallopian tube, so it's not viable. Right. So they're like, okay, it's uh, take this medicine, mm-hmm. go get a shot. But then they called back a few hours later, like, just kidding, hold off until. Oh, they said, we're going to wait 48 hours the weekend because your levels essentially double every day. So they should have been able to see something by Monday. So we just waited the weekend. and There it was, Monday afternoon with the ultrasound sitting in that office and like, there's a little dot. And like, Sean still didn't believe it. <laughs> we left and he was like, are you, are you sure? <laughs> like, are they really sure? It's like, were you looking at the same screen that I was looking at? Yeah. Uh, again, it's very difficult for the father, I feel like, because you don't feel anything physically. So it takes a little while 
to actually, you know, come to terms with everything. But He's dying to actually be the one that's pregnant. Yeah, dying. Love to feel that. Oh, I know. Yeah. So December 12th, it's a big day. Hopefully you are earlier. in the second trimester. A lot of women say that the second trimester is like the best feeling in the world, like feeling better than you would if you weren't pregnant. Do you feel that? Yeah, I do. Just higher energy. It's hard to explain. It's almost a euphoric feeling of higher energy. You just feel really good. You're connecting with your body in a whole different way. When at the same time, your body's not yours anymore. They say you kind of glow. I like to think that's true. Glowing. Um, yep. hundred percent. That's what I said yeah. to Kayla when you came in here. I said, look at her. She's glowing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're supposed to say, yeah. Sure. Um, first trimester, you're a little sick. A little. Every morning? Uh, no. I wasn't perpetually nauseous, which a lot of women are for you know, that first 12 weeks. But when I would start getting sick, I had a hard time stopping being sick. So it would be a full day of spending a lot of time in the bathroom and having a hard time eating and keeping things down and had to go get fluids a couple of times, ended up in the ER a couple of times. They couldn't find the heartbeat, whole other big drama, but we've made it through. Yeah. We went through a lot of, a lot of scares, but here we are. Uh, Dr. Hoopcat, what could she expect for her third trimester? Uh, a bigger belly, um, building a nursery and coming to the realization that, holy shit, there's going to be a human soon. All right. Yeah. Thanks. You're welcome. I learned that in my third year of medical school. Okay. <laughs> That's great. Andrew, do you agree? I agree. I don't know anything about children either, but I think building a nursery and having a bigger belly seems like a good guess. Do you want kids? Yeah, at some point. Probably in the next like three years. Okay. Yeah, you're still young. Yeah, by the time I'm 30, I want to have kids. Christ. 30, 30 is a good age. 30 is a good age. How old are you, Audrey? 30. That's like the perfect. I don't want to say perfect or prime. Sam, you're looking at me like you're going to kill me. No, I just also was kind of thrown off. You keep uh, calling her Audrey and I'm like, whoa. It drives me crazy. Yeah. Oh, well. I mean, try being hoop cat, Dre. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'll take Audrey over I know, I saw camo cat, pink I cat, saw. catamaran cat. Today I was sweaty cat at the gym. That wasn't irritating. People were commenting cat with a K as if it was your... Dude, <laughs> people genuinely think my name is cat. I had a woman DM me this morning that was just like, I was listening to the podcast and I heard you making a joke of how people think your name is cat. So I had to frantically find your Instagram to confirm. And it turns out that your name is not cat. And I was like, who would have thunk? Sorry, wasn't there during the name picking out process. I love it. Now that you're getting recognized when you travel, you say, I'm like, what is the first cat that people call you? I don't know. Rash I mean, cat's a good one. Okay. No, it's not. That is the worst one on the list. Rash cat? That's what you think of me? Rash cat. For those of you that don't know, tune into all the other episodes. She goes by every type of cat there is. Her actual name is Sammy. Yeah surprisingly who would have thought you don't look like a sammy what the what does that mean you, you don't look like a sean <laughs> like what i think you look like a sammy thank you dre i think it suits you very well i actually am technically samantha i know like, it would be as though him calling you samantha everyone calls you sammy everyone calls me dre and you just insist on public forums calling me audrey well your nickname is dre i'm like shouldn't your nickname be dre no <laughs> No. Good one. <laughs> Thanks. Hilarious. Do not laugh at that. 
Caleb, go home. <laughs> like, do yeah. not contribute to that. No, it's just Dre. Most people don't even know my name is Audrey for a very long time. All right. Well, now they do. Audrey Joseph. She's got two first names. We've figured out the names of the baby, Correct. potentially. Boy or girl. We've got them locked in. We also are not combining our last names. I said we're using to clarify that. incorporating them is what I not said. Really? Your last name is the last name. Right. My name is going to be a version of the middle name of both of them, but it's not a hyphenated last name. So technically, when they introduce themselves, they're going to say, hi, I am Blank Booth. Blank Booth. Any guesses in the room of what we're going to name the baby? Wait, don't you guys know? Uh, No, I don't have. I honestly have no guesses. Well, this Uh, is a game. You have to give me an answer. If it's a boy, what do you think we're going to name him? Give us a hint. What is the start? Yeah. Can you like what? I'm just supposed to pick any name. There's a lot of names out there. No, I can't give you a first letter. First letter. First letter. No. Could be some of the B. What's your favorite boy's name? I'm not going to say that because what if you take it and then I have to stab you? <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> that was a joke. Uh, I don't have a favorite boy's name. I don't I don't have any baby names picked out because I am not with child. You haven't. You have a whole notes app on how many weddings you've been to. You're telling me on your notes app you've never jotted down a name potentially. Um, I love the name Brooks. Wow. I love That's the, the name. name. No, it's not. It was going to be. Okay. That I love was the, the name first Brooks. one I came up with. Brooks oh, I love that name. name Brooks I, Booth is a strong name. Yeah. It was. Yeah. I, well, okay. Well, you can't have it because, you know, just give me a second. I want Brooks. You can have another one. Uh, and then I don't know for girls because I don't think that I will be a girl mom. I just feel it in my body. I feel like I'm a boy mom. You are a boy mm-hmm. mom. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to have like five boys. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Brooks is a solid name, but yeah. she said it was too common. So then we said, okay. Sorry. That's okay. I, I have at least seven more years before I have a kid. So it might be uncommon by then. We really couldn't figure out a boy name for a long time. Yeah. The girl name was right away. a name that I loved and he luckily loved it too. So yeah. it has been, I have a list and it has been on that list for a very long time. And he loved it. Yeah. So, and then I couldn't figure out a boy name for the life of me. And neither could you. No. You did not contribute. I didn't. I had a tough time with that. I went through different types of apps and Google searches and trying to be different, wanting a like strong name and looking for B names. And Brooks kind of fit the bill. You can't have it. <laughs> you can have it, Sam. What do you think of the name Boone? Boone? Boone. That sounds like someone from Caleb's lineage in Mississippi exactly. would be named Boone. But if you don't yeah. say it like My that. old uncle Boone, he used yeah, <laughs> Coach Boone. He's my uncle. We but used to smoke cigars in the second like grade. That. Yeah. Boone Booth is a very, that's a lot of O's. Yeah. That it's is a Boone. lot of O's. The baby outfits came in though. So it is solidified. It is done. Or else we just have to order new ones. Yeah. Um, wait, wait, wait. What? So you have a name picked out, but you don't know the gender? Is it the same name no matter no, what the gender is? No, we had to pick out two names, which is, that's even more difficult. Okay. For so a second, we thought it would go one way or the other. There's, she ordered two outfits. Well, correct. Right. There's a, a boy's outfit. No, no, Sean, I got it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Outfit. Yeah. Remember, I went to medical school. Okay. I got it. Okay. That's right. Thank so you. So I guess you take them, uh, the picture when they're in the hospital. Is that what we do with them? Yeah. Okay. So you just throw it on. Boom. There it is. Take a photo. You guys, I have a fun game for us. I want you each to tell us what is one thing you hope your baby gets from one another and then also one thing you pray to God they do not get. Just one. 
just one or it could be it could be as many as you want but it doesn't necessarily have to be like a serious thing just what's something you're like oh i hope that my kid gets that or if like you see sean dance in the kitchen you're like dear jesus please do not pass along that rhythm to my offspring all right i'll go first um the one thing i hope that the baby gets is your outgoing and bubbly personality i'm a little shy maybe a little colder but you're very warm and welcoming and you can kind of just enter a room and make friends with anybody mm -hmm. um the one thing i hope they don't get from you Choose can you guess wisely here they oh yeah i've got tons of guesses <laughs> oh i know wait, exactly yeah, wait, what you're Dre, about to say yeah. you guess actually guess what he's gonna say my theatrics uh no yeah that's a good one those, those but are good. which he those could secretly be likes he's just tries to act like he doesn't you were a theater major, right? Correct. So dramatic, Dre. Mm -hmm. There's a difference between drama and theatrical, okay? Yeah, okay. I was going to say your forgetfulness. Fair. This girl would forget, I mean, her head if it wasn't on her shoulders. You go. Okay. Oh, goodness. Do you know what I'm going to say? Man, there's probably a whole list of things you want them to get. <laughs> no, I have no clue. Okay. I really hope they get two things from you. Your loyalty to the people that you are closest with um, and your creativity. Ooh. The way you have ability to see things. And I don't know if a lot of people know this about Sean, but you could direct movies if you wanted to. He is very, very talented. And it's incredible to watch you work that way. So I really hope that they get that from you. Thank you. What I hope they don't get from you is your inability to. How do I say this? Here we go. <laughs> Open up. I don't want them to be as guarded. Okay. But I think that does come from life experience. Well, one thing I do hope the kid gets is your brother's athletic ability. Because I have none. <laughs> And let me tell you something. <laughs> Sean Booth's definition of are you athletic or not is having me back up 10 feet and roll whatever object he can find and make me get a ground ball and throw it back. It's the only thing he wants to see me do. <laughs> Throwing the ball to Walter, back up a little bit. I, I want you to throw this back to me. We're in the basement a couple nights ago. Back up a little bit. We're at the gym. Back up a little bit. I'm going to roll you this ball. I'm going to roll you this ball. It's the only thing. I do nothing else that th that's athletic. I've been testing her athletic capabilities ever since we figured out that we're having a baby. I hate to break it to you, but it's too late. <laughs> too late. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, know. I don't know if you know how babies work, but we are in it. Yeah. That was the first thing I'd asked her. I was like, how athletic are your parents again? No. You said, how athletic is your mom again? <laughs> and my mom texted him. The first thing she said to Sean, not congratulations. We're so happy for you. We're ecstatic. She texts him, for the record, I am athletic. Yeah. And, and that's here's how. Donnie's 40-yard dash time. And, um, My brother. Her brother. Yeah, he pitched for the Royals. Mm -hmm. His first game was at Yankee Stadium. Correct. That's pretty cool. So hopefully the baby gets that shoulder instead of this shoulder right In the here. height. Yeah. How tall are you? 5'2". Okay. Yeah. So we're going to need the height to come from my side. For each gender, which sport would you most want them to play? For 
the guys. I want the guy to play football, even though I played soccer, or some type of mixed martial arts growing up. No. <laughs> yeah. And no. golf. Golf for sure, because it's something that I can do with him or her for the rest of my life. And my dad had me golfing when I was four or five. Um, doesn't show, but it's, uh, I remember when he gave me his clubs, he cut down, he went to the garage, he cut down his clubs and then regripped them. So then I had a pair that fit me, um, for the female soccer, soccer runs in our family. My sister is a great soccer player dance. My other sister is a dancer, was a dancer. Yeah. Most importantly, whatever they're happy with doing is what I'll support. Dre, do you think that Sean has potential to be, uh, what do you call him, like a helicopter parent when, with sports, like living vicariously through oh. their child? Or do you think he'll be really good at like, you go do your thing and I'm just going to be here to support you? Neither is bad for the record. That is not true. <laughs> For the record, one of them is bad. I just I have just to say, <laughs> helicopter okay. parent in every way, but sports. I don't think he's going to be the guy that's like, "Why'd you take my son out of the game?" Right. Oh, like, you're okay. definitely not going to be that dad. Or no. why? Why is my daughter not playing? Okay. Or we're going to transfer schools because the coach sucks and you don't play. Not yeah. that kind of dad. But in every other aspect of as far as safety and education and anything that comes along with who they are as a person yeah helicopter dad yeah i mean i'm crazy with my dog Jeez. so i get nervous thinking about that because i will be a helicopter dad as far as like watching over them see what they're doing yeah, see, like that's good though yeah mm-hmm. you just i was more curious if you have that like uh obsession with like your how your kid's gonna be athletically no in terms of like performance i don't know no i think you're I, gonna I, want it sounds like you want your kid to be athletic yeah for sure i do but i wouldn't be i think i'd be like my dad my dad was like always kind of in the back back row just hanging out watching yeah. um like she was saying i'm not gonna go yell at the coach or but if he does something wrong or if they fuck up, I'll let him know for sure. Like, I'm going to be on yeah. their ass. Oh, I thought of another <laughs> thing I don't want them to have of yours. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Sean and I had uh, two different experiences as teenagers and college goers. And I sure as hell hope that they have my experience. Yeah, I and get a little not nervous. Their dads, especially. If she's a girl or a boy. Actually, no. More if she's a, they're a boy. Go on. You want, how detailed do you want me to go? Go detailed. I was a very good kid for most ways that I was terrified of my parents, my mom. And Sean was wild and dangerous and reckless and insane. <laughs> and the stories I have heard, you would not believe. Yeah, that's high school or college. Both. Uh, both. Middle school. <laughs> we can go into it. We'll talk later. Yeah. 
I definitely get a little nervous for that because me and my buddies were absolute maniacs, high school, college, and to think of some of the things that we did, I'm like, yikes. And I know Caleb agrees with me on this one. He can attest to it. Yeah, I agree. I think we, we've talked, we've had similar upbringings, but I think it's a different world we're in today. We both you know, lived in a small town. You could get away with a lot more. There wasn't anything to do. So, you know, in high school, you were, you were having keggers out at your buddy's farm or wherever. And I think it's, you know, growing up in Nashville, I don't, I don't think kids are doing the things we were in high school. I don't think so. And with phones and social media, which is huge. It'll get you. Yeah. Cause we drank heavily and partied hard in high school. Like we'd get kegs at our houses and just in a small town. Yeah, and you can kind of, I don't know if we've hit on this, um, that I believe helped me going to college because like I Not entered sure. college knowing what alcohol and, and even recreational drugs were and like I was prepared. It wasn't like, oh shit, here I am. What do I do, mom? You know, like I knew and and I think I was a little bit more tame in college or maybe I could handle it. Maybe not not tamed, but. Yeah, how tame were you in college? Yeah. Where'd you go, uh, Mississippi State? I'm a bulldog. Yeah. Do you remember any of that time of your life? Uh, no, yeah, not much. Um. <laughs> I don't agree with you though, because I was not crazy in high school. I didn't have. I had one Smirnoff ice on my 18th birthday. Wow. And I was lit. The same thing now. If we gave you uh, one Smirnoff okay, ice, you'd be not lit. True. That's not true. Sam yeah. Cat, what was your high school experience like? Um, I feel like I was a little bit of both. But I was a really dedicated athlete. So I was like, you know, kind of weird. I was, I was, I was both because I did drink in high school and I was social and I did go out to, you know, I went to dances and stuff like that. But at the same time, I left school at noon to go to the gym to train for seven hours a day. So, you know, I wasn't really doing recreational drugs or anything too extreme because I did have those responsibilities. So I feel like I was kind of a hybrid. Does that even make any sense? I don't know, but that's who I was. Yeah. And you had gymnastics all year round. Right. I did. And I, my last three periods in high school were lunch, study hall, and PE. And so I would just leave school at 1230 because those are my last three classes. And I got out of them because I had to train at my private club gym. So it was kind of like a catch-22. I don't know. I feel like I just kind of dabbled in both pools of being a partier and also a goody two-shoes like Dre. Right. I just didn't go crazy in college just because I didn't party in high school. So I feel like a lot of people do go crazy in college because they don't party in high school. I think it's a personality thing. I've never been crazy. Yeah. Dre, were you extremely social in college? Like, did you get out? Yeah, I went out. I drank. I definitely partied more than I did in high school, for sure. I didn't party at all. But I didn't. I think that is all up to personality. And I also think that tends to be that guys are a little bit more crazy in college than girls. So maybe it would have been a different story had I been a guy. But. Yeah. Yeah. I also feel like we had friends too and parents who were just like, whatever, do whatever you want or you can party in the basement. I'm like, I will never be that parent or let my kids party at my house when they're that young. Really? Yeah. You don't think you'll let, let's say this is a he Yeah. and he's 17 and he's got three buddies and you say, give me everybody's keys. If you have one case of beer, you can go in the basement. 
Yeah, I mean, one case of beer, but I know what they're going to do. They're going to have one case of beer. They're going to somehow sneak out, find more beer. They're going to find girls. They're going to find weed. They're going to do all types of crazy stuff. They're not going to sit in the basement with one case of beer. Okay. Well, if you took everyone's keys, I don't know. I don't, I'm not saying I'm going to do that. I just think you would do that. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I want them to, uh, I don't know. Am I crazy for saying that? Would you, Caleb? See, I don't want to be no. like the cool parents a cool dad like oh yeah we can go over to booth's house and we can get hammered yeah i think that's a fine line like my parents were always you don't want to be super strict either yeah you don't want to be super strict but you also like you know what your kids are going to do so you want them to be responsible and make sure that they're you know being taken care of i think the you know taking of the keys and stuff but uh i don't know with like the older I get and the effect I see that alcohol has on people, like I think I want to steer steer my children down a path that's like, hey, you don't you don't have to you know right. have these things to to be social or to interact or to lean on. I mean, it's such a, yes. a crutch nowadays. So if you'd asked me five years ago, I'm now in my prime and I'm thirty. Uh, five years ago, I'd have been like, oh yeah, I'm gonna be the cool dad. You know, want to sit around with my son and have a beer, but now I don't. I don't really care. I don't even crave it that much. I mean, yeah. still do it, but yeah, because it's like you know they're gonna do it. You just want to make sure they're safe about it. So I'm like, I am going to give them an unlimited amount of Uber cash where they can just make sure that wherever they're going, say you're going out for the weekend. All right, I don't want to know about it, but wherever you need a ride, you're gonna download the Uber app and it's gonna have money on there for you. That's so your you plan. Can yeah. Can you give that to me too? Or what's going wait, on? Wait. Where do I sign up for that? You don't want our son drinking in the basement, but you want to go wherever you go. Don't tell me. <laughs> but here is some app that a stranger can drive you home. Would you have want our daughter to hang out with you in high school? Oh, no, absolutely not. I would not want my daughter. That, but you would not want him just drinking in the basement with his buddies. Out of sight, out of mind it. I mean, I guess, but I'm just, I know, like, yeah. So I think there's a little, like, social media aspect to that, too, yeah. nowadays. Because, like, if it gets out that, like, you know, exactly. let's say two You're or three buddies are over there and it's a photo of y'all's face. Yeah, liability house, whatever, it's They like, got Life 360 now. Yeah, you, it's not so much, like, the like you as the parent. It's the other parents of the children, too, that you got to think about. And that's where I would get, I think, having a beer with your son or whatever is one thing. But when you bring other people's children into it it opens mm -hmm. up a total yeah. yeah i also think back to about being a kid and you think you're so smart and you're the biggest idiot in the world you're so dumb like we were dumb what's your stance on sex oh elephant in the room <laughs> right oh boy <laughs> <laughs> well we obviously know how babies are made so what are you gonna be like with our daughter or son or is it gonna that's gonna be totally different depending on if it's a daughter or a son yeah i feel like if it's a daughter that's something where you have to take that conversation me yeah and if it's a guy i take that conversation no i don't know that's a something i haven't even thought about it's crazy you don't think about all these things until all of a sudden you're gonna be a parent at what age are you like hey let's talk about what happens um i think it depends on so I guess it kind of just depends on your relationship with your kid in, I feel like, so many things before you get to sex. 
I have a goal that I will, from day one, know my kid. And I want to be able to like absorb their personality and see how they react to things and like almost kind of preemptively be able to know when the time is right, you know, months out or something like that. Because I'm like, all right, well, you know, they kind of react this way in some certain situations and just kind of like always having the door open. So like you can come to me with any questions you may have. It's not going to be weird. You want to know the black and white answer. You want to know a flowery answer. Just I think just kind of knowing their personality, same with the way I treat my friends and my family now, it's essentially going to be the same, but just with a little more of an innocent mind. Mm -hmm. Something my dad said to me in high school that still I am 30, almost not in my prime, everybody who's 30 in their prime here, uh, that, you know, satisfaction is temporary, regret is eternal. Ooh, put that on a t-shirt. Yeah, Mr. Cat, so drop that bomb. When I was probably like 14, 15, my first boyfriend, I mean, he was right. But that's perfectly said because I feel like it all comes down to having that bond and connection with your kids so they can trust to come to you, to talk to you about it, to not be scared, to not go behind your back. And I feel like that's when you start having problems. But if they have somebody at home, their mother or father, they want to talk about anything, they know the door's open. And then that you'll help lead them in the right direction. And I do think going off what you were saying before about when you're in high school, you're an idiot and it just is what it is. You just don't know enough. You haven't lived enough. I never want to put my kid in a situation where they are so afraid to tell me something Mm -hmm. that they end up shooting themselves in the foot over something that maybe could have not been such a big deal, but they were too afraid to tell me. It's like, yeah, there might be consequences, but you bet your ass you better pick up the phone and call me Mm -hmm. because me being involved in trying to help them in whatever the situation may be, I feel like is going to be a whole hell of a lot better than you trying to hide it from me or not being honest about a situation. Or again, you are an idiot and you did not see that coming. You know what I mean? Like, I just want to make sure that the relationship with my kid is strong on so many levels before you even get to all the scary stuff that it will be more natural than, I don't know. I still feel like to this day, I could pick up the phone. I'm like, mom, I did this, you know, and I knew in high school that I was probably going to be grounded and she was not going to be happy with me, but I would much rather have picked up the phone and called my parents than try to hide it from them. And I just like hope that that is the same relationship I have. Do you Um, feel like that's a relationship you had with your parents? No. No. It's not the relationship I have with my parents. With my dad. Oh, man. He's going to listen to this. Sorry, dad. <laughs> I'm so sorry, mom. <laughs> but the truth is, my mom's, let me preface this, is my mom is a wonderful woman and will give the shirt off her back to anyone. But she was so paranoid about me messing up and about me making a mistake that she almost treated me like I had done it. Like you would have thought she had found drugs in my sock drawer with how strict the rules were and how helicopter she was but she always used to tell me i just don't want you to fumble on the one Mm -hmm. like fumble right before you're gonna get there fumble right before you go to college like get that ticket get that underage drinking those kind of things but it was to the point sorry mom that i would not have called and i would have gone through more dangerous steps steps to not call home because i was just scared of the repercussions and i didn't feel now it's much different and Things have happened in my life and I'm expecting a baby that she's kind of, and she would tell you herself, she'd go back and probably do things a little differently. But my dad is a completely different story. He's uh, 18 years older and he's been always too old to, I think, really, I'm the baby. He was too old to 
to care. He had he cares. a few kids before you yeah. where he got to the yeah. point. He's like, all right. And I could have, I remember there was one time, I can't remember exactly what it was that I had done, but something, I want to say I wrecked my car or something with that. And I walked in and they were both asleep and I went to my dad's side of the bed and I bent down trying to wake just him up. And I remember going, shh, shh, shh no, 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 no. And he went, what? Audrey? And then boom, she was awake. And I can remember being like, oh, if I can just talk to him, if I can just talk to my dad. He was the one that if, if I had gone to a party and gotten drunk, he'd have picked me up, taken me to a Sonic parking lot and had a conversation with me. And then I would have gotten in trouble. My mom. She wouldn't have taken you to Sonic. No. She didn't <laughs> handle things quite as uh, gracefully. What about you, Caleb? What was it like down there in Mississippi when you weren't making out your cousin? <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, my parents instilled in me like an accountability aspect. So while there was a lot of, you know, trouble that I got in and, and definitely depending upon my parents to, you know, help me out and give me guidance and things like that. Um, my mom and dad both did a really good job of, it was on, on me, you know, from an early age to like, if I got myself in trouble, I had to take responsibility for it. And then also growing up in a small town. This is what was tough. It was like, if you did anything, it didn't take. I mean, if I got drunk and acted an ass on Saturday night, at, Sunday at church, everybody was praying for me. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. like it was you you were shunned, Um, which also kind of made it nice because you didn't have to. Worry. I mean, you just went, lived your life and you knew that. I, I will say that about my my town in, in Mississippi. Everybody's themselves because you. You can't get away with anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then we all, you know, take responsibility for it. And, and my parents, that was their big thing. That's my mom to this day. I still call her and she'll like give me guidance, but it's it's on me to, you know, to do it and make the right decisions. Yeah. A good story about my dad, Big Steve, and how he handled, you know, reprimanding me and my actions. I had a bag of weed in my closet and it was like hidden in a coat jacket or something don't know exactly where but i went to grab it and his business card was in it he found it stuck his business card says affordable closets steve booth and that was just like i know you know not like yeah kind of a smooth move that's so because when i saw it i was like oh shit like my heart sank you know but that was you ever talk to him about it did you bring it up I never brought it up. <laughs> no, but it's like, hey, I know. So don't be an idiot. I was going to say, we started this podcast with Sean's hard to pet. He's hard to open up. You think he's going to go to his dad and be like, hey, bud, saw your business card. That was cool. <laughs> Thanks, dad. I'm going to school. Like, yeah. Now, I feel like you hid. Did you hide from him or you just, you yeah. punished yourself? I feel like that's such a smooth move as a parent, though, because you're probably going to feel all some type of way alone. Like you almost punish yourself as a kid. You're like, Oh my God. Exactly. Yeah. I was he freaking out, yeah. but I don't want to be like, Hey dad, do you want to talk about that thing? <laughs> Ooh, got a blast. Yeah. I feel like he was very much turned the eye. I don't want to know what's going on. Oh. I know what's going on. Like he would leave for the weekends and go stay at his girlfriend's house and he would walk in on like Sunday afternoon and he'd be walking through the kitchen, his feet would be sticking to the ground because of all the spilt beer that was in there from the night before. Big Steve. Yeah. Has seen some things. He's awesome. He's awesome. 
What scares you the most about carrying a baby right now and becoming a mother? Carrying the baby or becoming a mother? Both. What's the scariest part? There is a period of time when you're pregnant where you wouldn't be able to feel anything. You can't feel anything. And well, there's a period of time in the beginning that if something were to happen or go wrong, you would bleed. There would be signs. You would know. And then there's a period of time where you can't feel the baby move. And if anything did happen, you wouldn't know until you went into an ultrasound appointment or you went to a doctor. So it's kind of just getting out of your own head and trusting that everything is going to be okay. I remember before we went to Italy, I had never been to Europe and I was getting nervous for the travel. And I called the doctor and I said, hey, is it okay if I just get in for an ultrasound? I just want to hear the baby's heartbeat before I leave. I just want to know that it's good. And they reassured me and said I was acting a little crazy. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure there's women that are crazier. And they called me back an hour later and said, it's worth you just coming in to get a little peace of mind. And I've started to feel the baby a little bit. Little so, flutters. Yeah. It's a crazy feeling, mm-hmm. the first things that you feel. It's like something's just kind of moving through there. And so I think that just the unknown is yeah. the scariest part. And what about becoming a mother? The baby's out. And it's go time. What are you most nervous about? I think living up to my own expectations mm-hmm. and beating. Your, I, I hear a lot of times that new moms set all these expectations and then they kind of beat themselves up for what they think motherhood will look like or postpartum will look like. And I think social media makes that super, super difficult because you can either make it look like rainbows and sunshine. And I think that's honestly, truly in my opinion, why a lot of people want kids younger these days, I feel like. Um, They see it on social media. It's in rose-colored glasses, and they really want to be a a parent. And I know there's a lot of nitty-gritty that goes into it, and it's super hard. And I just want to remember to give myself grace and that you and I are going to do the absolute best we can. And Mm -hmm. um, I think something happened to them, like them getting hurt. Yeah, of course. is super scary. Yeah. I feel like there's this obviously no playbook either. And that's what everybody says. Like, you just get thrown into the fire and you just got to figure it out one day at a time. And I also get nervous about them getting hurt. But then I see so many videos on Instagram. I'm like, kids are just like little rubber balls. How do they not tear their ACLs when they walk? Do they not have ACLs? You see a a video and the kid's knee just 90 degrees the other way. He's right back up. They just bounce up. They're running. They're like face first into the pavement and they get up. And it's kind of funny, though. It is kind of funny. What are you most excited about? What are you most excited about for the first, you know, day, 48 hours that the baby's here? To see if it's a boy or a girl. Besides that, we've gone over that. Just to hold them. I can't grasp how small a baby is going to be. And I also can't grasp that I am having a baby and I'm going to be holding a baby that I helped create. That is just insane. Like, I never really hold babies. I get nervous holding other people's babies. I think partially because I'm afraid that I might drop them or hurt them. But there's been a part of me for like years where I'll I'll wait until they're like, I don't know, six to 12 months and then I'll hold them. But like newborns are like, you got to get in there. That's crazy. They're, I mean, unless you're Judy from the gym, who just pumped out a 12 pound baby. Don't say that. 11 and a half. I can't survive. Um, (laughs) I see clothes now. People are giving us gifts, which is awesome. But, even the onesies that are like 
three to six months. I'm like, that is so, so small. I held one up the other day and I went like this and I said, oh, this one's my favorite. And you go, that's the smallest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a baby. It's crazy. So I think just actually holding them. That's what you're most excited for. Yeah. And then seeing if it's a boy or a girl. What do you think? What's uh, what's your final answer? If you had to guess right now, you went into labor, your water broke. Um, right now? Right now. I would say boy. Okay. You've been calling him him. And his name. Yeah. Why do you feel like it's a boy? I don't know. I think call it intuition. I just feel. But you know how many people say that they have these gut. They just know feelings and then it's not. I feel like everybody who says that they feel that, it's always the opposite. Yeah. What do you want? Besides a healthy, healthy baby, baby, obviously. If someone said you have to pick, if that was part of it, right. they were like, you got to decide the gender. They're coming out. I would say boy. I've always wanted a boy first. But I will say that, ooh, I feel emotion coming. Oh, you got some emotion over there? <laughs> Getting you to cry in the hot seat? Um, watching you and hearing you talk about being a girl dad makes me want a girl. Mm-hmm. And the thought of you like walking out of a hospital holding a car seat with a baby in it is yeah. that moment I think will live in my mind forever. I don't know. I, 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 I love that. And we talked about this. I love that relationship between a father and a daughter. Um, I think it's a very special relationship. We went into it all last episode. They soften you up. It's different than a boy. Um, but then you get the boy side where it's like a little mini you. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, you had to did, pick. We did see an ultrasound. Oh, God, here we go. Let me just say this right now. No, I'm going. We go to a 13-week ultrasound, okay? And I'm no medical doctor, but Sammy is, and she can tell you. <laughs> no. They're pulling up on the screen, and we've told the girl, she, our gynecologist is great, not gynecologist, OBGYN. We love her. She's fantastic. And she asks every time when we come in, you guys don't want to know, right? And we say no. And she's scrolling past, and all of a sudden- Well, she wasn't supposed to be using the monitor. Oh, they couldn't. You're supposed to- For a while, they'll just Doppler. They don't want to ultrasound you if they don't need to. So she couldn't find the heartbeat, of course, because it's us. And it's been a drama. And she pulls out the ultrasound and she's scrolling past 13 weeks. Let me just preface that again. 13 weeks is so early. and But you can see hands, legs. like You can finally see that it is a little person when the others look like a blob. And I remember we're sitting there and Sean's got the phone up and I'm looking and we're looking. And all of a sudden, I'm like... What is that between their legs? And I look up at him and I can tell he's like not looking at the phone anymore. He's like <laughs> looking at the screen. This baby would be so hung right now. <laughs> That's my boy. That, stop it. If that was a penis. And he is convinced. The little arm was like. Going to reach like, for he's it. He's reaching for it. <laughs> the thing was glowing. I mean, it was insane. It's Thanks. also the, the thing the was thing. glowing. There's so it's your many child things. booth. We're, we're leaving. <laughs> no, the, the we don't thing. address oh. it in the room. We don't address it in the room. And she says, moving her little legs. But yeah. we think she just defaulted to that because a lot of times they do. 
And we're walking out. We're both dead silent for the same reason. We get down the elevator. We're walking in the parking garage. You finally look at me and go, did you see what I saw? I'm like, it was hard to miss. <laughs> but it's, it was not a penis. I, it was not I, a penis. I don't know. I was like in the parking lot. I'm like, man, why did she show us that? That was definitely a dick. <laughs> that was a hundred percent i'm like but then i played back the video and then she goes there she is like just moving her little moving her little legs and so then i'm like she's saying her because she noticed that we noticed the dick (laughs) and she's trying to throw us off wait i'm sorry were you overthinking a situation no no, that sounds nothing like you i would never never it was too low to be an umbilical cord how do you know so yeah was this like your first ultrasound? Is the umbilical cord at the belly button? Isn't that where your umbilical I mean, yeah, cord but goes? There's like, yeah, there's like a lot of action going on, though. I feel like the baby's like in a bag of liquid. It's just chilling. No. So honestly, we left more confused then. Yeah. We. And then we Google searched everything, and there's something between the legs for both females. I guess if it's pointing in this direction or that direction, or I don't know. And then she did say her. So. She said her. So I guess we'll just find out on December 12th. We will. Hopefully a little sooner. December 12th. I'm going to be doing everything I can to get that baby out a little sooner. What are you doing every day to get prepared? I work out every single day almost. Yeah. Um, which was great because I had to take that first, you know, 11 weeks off. Right. So. And Booth Camp is an incredible place, especially for moms. There's a lot of moms. Don't drink the water. You will get pregnant. Um. And yeah, I'm working out, eating, trying to eat super healthy to the point that now when I don't eat that way, it makes me sick. Um, and just, you know, trying to stay positive. And yeah. We talk about the baby a lot. And yeah. And you're saying you don't want a Christmas baby. You don't like the idea that the baby's no. coming in December. Nope. I don't. If I could change it, I would. I'm going to be doing everything Because I can. of it being close to Christmas? Yeah, no offense to people who have December birthdays, but it just, you know, a lot of times they say that women go late in their first pregnancies. And so if I'm due the 12th, let's say I don't go for another four or five days, you know, that's time we're the 18th or pushing to the 19th. I go into labor. I mean, we're really close to Christmas. That's cool. Christmas is awesome. <laughs> I mean, Trey, have you had any like crazy cravings? Are we allowed to? No, I haven't had any cravings. Um, but if someone says something or like today at work, someone had enchiladas and I'm like, I must have Mexican food. So it's not really like, uh, you don't wake up with a craving, but if you hear it, the craving is like super intense. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like dairy clean blizzards. If someone were to like say that in passing, I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> I gotta have it. But dang, I might be pregnant. Are- <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> what are you doing to prepare for this baby? Oh, man. I'm just like getting right there down with two hands ready to catch that thing. Oh, you ain't going to be watching. No, I, I'm. A, I, I, yeah, that's the part where you understand what position I'm in, correct? Also, are you are you um like squirmy when it comes to blood and yes. stuff like that? Yeah. Booth, you're going to be up at the head. Don't that's, even. Put, I've, I've always said but I'm everybody a big head here guy. Understands. I'm going to be all the way up at the head. Yeah. I, I'm hoping they put a blanket, okay. right? Well, they, they put can. a little sheet. But it would be such Sean Booth fashion for Dre to be giving birth and for you to pass out and the nurses have to go to you. You're always... That is... Like, I could not find someone else on the earth. That would be... You you. guys all understand, though, that it does not matter if he's at the head. I'm 5'2". 
You've seen me in a lot of positions, buddy. Okay. Hey, oh. And congrats my, on the sex. Uh, thanks. It went well. <laughs> um, you shouldn't have got me. You know, you're welcome. Uh, my knees are up. Like basic, like, do I need to get down and show you? Like, you are not going to be able to. You're six two. So you think standing over me, laying down, knees up, you're not gonna be able to see what's going on right now? I here? thought they put a sheet up. Is that's that, when is that the only way they do a C section? Yeah. yeah. Come up, come out with the saw. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> Right. I mean, you could be like my dad. They put a sheet up and my mom had a C-section. He was like looking over it. Like, I think he should go down there and cut the cord and be there and watch. Uh, that's the thing. It's like, I know I'm going to right now. And I've always said for my whole life, I'm like, I can't watch that. I just want to stay why? by the head to give some moral support. But I feel like every dad I talk to that I'm just like going to have to just go in there and just freaking get some gloves on and help pull that but thing why? out. Why, why don't you not want to do that? He no, I know because you said I get like. Oh, you feel. Is it that, or you don't want to see a place you're so familiar with like that? Be honest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it might be a little bit of the latter, <laughs> but that sounds so terrible saying. But it's like what you're not going to want to use it again. No, of course not. I didn't say that. I'm just saying it's. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just a queasy, crazy thing, but I. The more I think about it with it being my baby, I don't think that way as much. I think I agree. What Thank I, you. My wife and I have talked about this a fair amount, and I feel like there's going to be so much adrenaline yeah, in the that moment just, that you're going to not really think about it and mm -hmm. like go wherever is the most comfortable or wherever Dre wants you. Yeah, because my sister... Megan was there for when my nephew Luke was born. She was in the room and she was like, it was a beautiful thing, like seeing him come out and she was crying. They were crying. Um, so I feel like I can't miss that. It's like one of those things you just have to man up. Yeah. Get in there. Get your hands dirty. And get your hands dirty. Yeah. It'll he gets to call the sex, which is so fun. They'll Wait, say, what? dad, do you want to tell her what it is? He gets to call out what the baby is. Oh, that's sweet. That is cool. Yeah. So you have to be coherent. I was going to say, make sure he's not on the floor. <laughs> he's going uh, looks like a girl from here. My dad Sean would be like, can, can uh, Caleb come in the room too? I just like feel like Sean's big on he, he and Sammy and Caleb both know this about Sean. You get like attached, to like specific people. I told you this the other night and you like those people in situations, like to come with you in situations, even if those people are not supposed to be there, it provides you with some comfort that, they're there with you. So I could see you being like, you mind if um, Caleb <laughs> comes in the room? He won't have to watch. You, same thing with Sammy. <laughs> Me and Caleb are in the waiting room just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> through the curtain. Yeah, you would do that. That is something you would do. It is. I am very much like that. I get, yeah, it is a comfort thing for sure. You know what? I've heard a lot of stories about like the father's point of view. And not to bring up my dad again, but when I was born, Mr. Cat, Mr. Cat, man, um, and he will tell you this story. We should probably call him so he can tell it better because I was, you know, hey, a fetus. Hey, get him on the phone. Call bring him, him up. On. Get him on. All right. Mr. Cat. Hey, dad. Okay. So you're live. I need you to uh, speak clearly into the phone. Um, you know, we're talking about the delivery room and what it's like to be a first time father. It's obviously a different experience for the dad versus the mom. 
And I just need you to briefly, by the way, briefly, capital B, dad, not a Pete story. I need you to briefly tell us. Okay, well, you need to be today. Uh, you need to tell us what was going on when you first met me. <laughs> All right, so here we are. I'm sitting at uh, your mother's head, and uh, first thing she asked is, does she have webbed toes? Do they think there's a problem right away? That's another part of the funny part. But anyway, so then I go over, and um, they bring you over, and I look at you, and the first thing I can think of is like, oh, my God. All my friends are going to say, oh, she's so cute. And they're not going to mean a word of it because this is the ugliest baby I've ever seen in my life. It's awful. <laughs> Horrible. We go back. They put you in a little uh, viewing room where you can look through the glass and you're in your little crib there. And uh, looking at you, and I'm going like, God, this is bad. My mother turns to my dad. You had this cone head and you just look like you're from outer space. And my mother turns to my dad and goes, oh, my God, there's something wrong with that child. <laughs> I'm going to make this brief. So I went home and I got a couple hours sleep, came back to the hospital. I looked through the window and I, I'm looking for my kid. And I'm going, hey, where's my kid? Where's my kid? She was right here when I left. He goes, well, that's her. And I go, I'm like, no, no, that baby's really cute. I don't know what's wrong. But I had the really ugly one with the pointed head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that, Thanks, Mr. that was the day I was born. <laughs> August 22nd, 1990. Turned out all right, I think. Oh, thanks, Dad. Okay, thanks for keeping that brief. That was honestly the shortest story you've ever told in your life, and I'm proud of you. I'll tell you the longer version later. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Oh, my God. Uh, what he was saying at the beginning is, so my mom had a C-section, and she, so she was, like, drugged. And they pulled me out of her, and she's, and she's, like, slurring her words. And she's like, does she have webbed toes? She's asking the nurses, do you have webbed toes? And they're like, oh, it's okay, Patty. She's healthy. Like, whatever you mean. Well, then they go, they clean me up. They put me in the blanket. They come back and they're like, she actually has webbed toes on both feet. Says my mother has webbed toes. Her sister has webbed toes. So it does run in our family. They just thought that she was drugged and asking weird questions. But turns out I had a cone head. I was so ugly that my dad cried and I had webbed toes. So it was a good so day. Why did they not make you a swimmer? I, yeah, I don't because I, I don't, was a gymnast. I don't know. I, I also feel like toes. I'd be like, all right, girl, you're going to be. It's web toes, not a fucking mermaid fin booth. Like, <laughs> I, it's not like it changes your life. It's right. literally one little piece of skin. Web toe cat. There Sean it is. Keeps saying he hopes this baby comes out half golden retriever. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Have you ever that. seen that show? Sweet uh, tooth. Sweet tooth. We watched it. And it's no. all hybrids. Like they yeah. call hybrids animals and, and um, babies. And he looks at me. He's like, what if it was half golden retriever? According to my medical degree, I don't think that that's going to happen. But you know what? If that's what keeps you going, Booth, go ahead. Also, never mind. I was going to say that like the fact that I just called my dad and put him on the podcast, he's going to be so excited because he's our biggest fan. <laughs> Literally our biggest Aww. fan. We went on vacation. He was getting everybody to like, he's telling the bartender to put it on the TV behind the bar on YouTube. Like, Oh, he's he's going to. Yeah. Oh, no, we we watched it. It, it, it happened. We're going to finish this off with the absolute worst. And today's topic is the absolute worst thing that you hate that a parent does. Whatever it is, it could be something you see. It could be something your parents used to do to you. The absolute worst starting off with. Dr. Cat. Hello. Um, so my absolute worst is that I cannot stand when I am in public and someone is speaking to their child, but at like a very high volume so you can hear the entire conversation. And it's almost like 
uh, like as if the it's typically moms that are are almost gloating. Okay, now we're going to do this. I know you really want those gummy bears, but put them back. Good boy. I'm so proud you did that. Honestly, shut up. It's the absolute worst. <laughs> the absolute worst. Caleb Gamblin. Um, my absolute worst goes back to like the nine, 10 year old age. Nothing like icks me more than when you're at a birthday party and you see a mother specifically go over and make the child's plate. And this is my biggest one drinking Capri Suns. Everybody's getting them out of the cooler and they put the straw in the Capri Sun for the child. The kid's 10. If he can't put the Capri Sun together himself, we got issues. That stings deep. So much hate on mothers. Both of you are like, okay, you know, the fathers do shitty things too. What, are they, what do you got? Mine is like a mother or father. And I'm, I'm a mom now, and so I know this is going to happen to me, but I don't like when people like are in restaurants, movies, weddings, my God, and they, their kid throws an absolute fit and they just sit there. You get up, you pick them up, and you remove them from the situation and handle it in a different room. You do not let them scream. Personally, that is what I think. The absolute worst. The, the one thing worst. that comes to mind for me is, um, I don't know why I thought of this, but it was the first thing when I was a kid. My mom, if I had any type of dirt, mud, something on my face, she would lick her finger and wipe it <laughs> off my face. And I remember that to this day, and it irritated the crap out of me. The absolute worst. What do you think, Sam Cat? You, you ever have that happen? Uh, yeah, but more so from like my grandmother. But I, I, I think that's like an older oh, generation when thing. Their parents on the lips. Ooh. I don't think. Yeah, they do. Andrew, what do you got? I'm gonna take that when people kiss their parents on their lips, oh. and my wife and her family do that. Ooh. Do they her, do it to you? No, 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 right. no. But her dad kisses her on the lips. Still? No, no, no. Her dad kisses his dad on the lips, and his dad's like 85. No. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> this is... I'm sure they're great people. Insane. That's insane. Yeah, they're great no, people, but, but no. that's weird. That's weird. That's some Game of Thrones shit. Man, I don't even know if my dad's ever kissed me once on the cheek. <laughs> <laughs> on that Big note. On that note, now we... Yeah. <laughs> so. Now we're getting to those little issues things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, thanks for tuning in. Everybody give it up for the baby mama, Audrey, Dre, Joseph. Thanks for coming on. 